I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast. And good Saturday morning to you. And boy, what a busy fishing news week this has been. Well, first we had that big cheating scandal that went on in a walleye tournament last weekend that's pretty much gone viral. Then we've got some Louisiana, a little local bad boy action. They were taking over the limit of red snapper. And by the way, speaking of red snapper, have you heard? Uh, we were underneath the harvest quota, so the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries announced an eight-day reopening of red snapper. And not only is it reopened, and it's going to be all days of the week for seven days through next Friday, but it's also four fish bag limit. So you got a great opportunity to get out there in the Gulf and close it out in Louisiana state waters with some of those excess, I'm not saying excess, but under-harvested red snapper. Some of the other coastal, uh, coastal states have also in that same situation. Get out and get them. Well, I want to remind you about the first-ever flounder closure for Louisiana. It's only one week away. That's coming up. But the biggest news this week came out of the Thursday Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting where they filed a notice of intent to change the state speckled trout regs that's intended to return speckled trout to safe population levels over the next 10 years. We've been waiting for a decision for almost two years now. It came Thursday. The commission voted to institute a 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size with a uh, 12 in, I'm sorry, a 12 fish limit. I'm sorry, uh, I'll tell you what, I got confused on it. They got, they, they voted to put in a 13 and a half inch minimum with a 15 fish per day limit. Um, and so anyway, that's kind of where that's going to stand. And I'd like to get your reaction on that. What, uh, what do you think? Um, you know, do you think that that's going to hold up and, uh, going to do the job or is it going to take a little bit less to do that so it's uh 15 fish per person per day 13 and a half statewide a lot of the fishermen that testified said uh that they were in favor of uh uh, going to uh, staying with the 12 inch minimum but yeah you got to look at the the biological report and if you get a hold of that you can you'll understand it a whole lot better and uh, probably make a better informed decision on where you stand on that Also tied into that is the environmental impact statement from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers on the river diversion, and uh, that's not looking pretty. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Also, big news, we had a a Louisiana Court of Appeals case that has been thrown out. A well-known Louisiana fisherman uh, got a trespassing citation in Terrebonne Parish. Uh, That parish's district attorney is appealing what could become a water access precedent and we're appealing it to the Louisiana Supreme Court. Uh, one of our fishing reporters, Daryl Carpenter, is going to explain the significance of this case and also how you can help the Louisiana Sportsman's Coalition and the Rodney Wagley Defense Fund. Maybe win yourself a rifle, but maybe more important uh, is finally get some uh, settlement on these trespassing issues on uh, waterways in Louisiana, which has really been detrimental. We're also going to hear from our other field reporters and their reactions to the new statewide uh, 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size. And we'll ask you to text us your reaction using the Goldilocks scale. Are these new trout regulations too strict? 
not strict enough or just right. 504-260-1870. We'll take that along with your reports, your comments, your questions. And while we've got another Department of Tourism Coastal Marine forecast, can't find a cloud in the sky almost from Texas to Florida. It's a beautiful day along the Great Gulf Coast looking at northeast winds, a little stiff offshore, 15 to 20 uh, three to five foot seas. That's with a little bit of a front approaching and keeping those storms down south. Uh, pretty much a repeat for tomorrow. In the interior lakes and bays, even lighter winds northeast five to ten with a light chop. Average tide, eh, kind of weak, point three. Got a full moon. Pull out your full moon chart and figure out how to catch them doing that full moon. Mississippi River is at two point eight with a little bit of a tendency to rise. Otherwise, got great conditions for a beautiful weekend in the Great Gulf Coast. And we'll be back to Check out some of the fishing reports from our local field reporters and experts right after this time out where you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, let's start off down in Shell Beach and St. Bernard Parish and talk to Robbie Campbell down at Campos Marina. And, Robbie, uh, we finally waited for the commission has filed a notice of intent, which means uh, it's got a, a legislative mm-hmm. oversight to go through in a public comment period, but looks like probably January, February, Sometime after the first of the year, we're going to be looking at these new trout regulations, which they are choosing to go with the 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size, 15 fish per day. Uh, I know there's been a lot of scuttlebutt talk down there around the marina. What are you hearing from your guides and your regular everyday fishermen down there? Well, well, you know, Don, um, I know they, they want this 13-and-a-half-inch thing, uh, you know, and 15 fish, and, and most everybody's okay with 15 um, if they drop it to 15, because let's face it, you know, you got, you got 15 fish, you know, you got 30 pieces of fish right there, but, uh, what they can't deal with, and especially at this time of the year is, um, is the 13 inch, 13 and a half inch part. Um, you know, I have charter guides who fished this past week here said, you know, if this 13 and a half inch thing was in, in place right now, they couldn't have kept the fish, um, you know, during this transition time because the fish were 12 and enough, you know, so, uh, and a lot of, a lot of 11 and seven eighths, a lot of 11 and a half. So um, maybe there might be a compromise, uh, you know, if, if they get enough input from the, from the public, you know, uh, cause you got a 30 day comment period. Hopefully, they, hopefully there's enough uh, public input, you know, whether you keep this thing at 12 inches. Um, I think everybody's okay with, the most, for the most part, they're okay with 15 fish, but I tell you, it's uh, you know, Don, it's going to be. I mean, are you going to spend 250 bucks to go fishing for 15 fish? That's you know, on a charter trip, it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt the local guides uh, that's down here. Actually, across this whole state, I don't think it's going to be good for the guides uh, who who do this for a living every day, um, and it just puts more pressure on every other species of fish that's out there. So um, I, and that's how that's how most of them feel. But look, I mean, it is what it is, and we, I, you know, this thing's written in stone, I think, already. And um, you know, hopefully, I say I, hope, I say written in stone. Hopefully, we could change the and keep it at 12 inches. Which, look, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But hey, if they get if they get if they want to compromise, you know, and, and and deal a little bit, hopefully, we could keep it at 12 inches. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of dead fish. Especially if you fish along the Long Rocks, you know, if you throw a fish on the outside of the boat, and everybody that's ever fished in St. Bernard Parish that fished the Long Rocks knows 
that the Dolphins are always on the outside of the boat. I mean, they're there every day, and it's it's you know it's they right up to the edge of the boat. So if you throw the part, you throw it the eleven and a half inch fish on the outside, you got a dead fish. If you throw it on the inside, you got Pelican Pete waiting on the rocks, and he gets him on the inside. So if you, you know, it's a, it's not a win win situation for the trout. Um, you, you foul hook him with a with a treble hook, and it swallows the hook, or the hook goes too far down. You got a dead fish. So I mean, I think it's more than ten percent that's dead. Um, you know that that doesn't make it. You got the guy who grabs it with a towel who wipes the slime off of it because he doesn't want it on his hands. That's you know, um, <laughs> you know, you got a lot of a lot of variables in here, and I, I don't think that um, you know that thirteen inch and a, thirteen and a half inch thing is going to work really good. Um, maybe for the maybe for the first few years, I think it's going to be tough if that. That gets put in place. It's going to be tough, but hey, we're going to have to live with it, you know. And you know, I just think it's going to make, you know, every other species of fish like white trout, and um, and we're going to have to start looking at, you know, maybe maybe limiting white trout. You know, white trout doesn't have a limit, you know. So you know, sheephead doesn't have a limit. So everything's going to have a target on its head after this passes. So you know, it's it's a it's a catch twenty two, man, double edged sword and. You know, look, and I know everybody's upset about it, and but I think they will get over it. I hear people, they're not going to fish anymore. If they drop it to 15, you're going to fish. You're gonna, <laughs> I mean, if it's in your blood, you're going to go fishing. So, but, you know, uh, Don, it's just, it's a double-edged sword. And, you know, um, I just don't think we got the fish, the recreational fishermen's getting a fair shake on this uh, from the department. I, I, that's the way I feel. Um, you know, they let these pogey boats do what they want out there. Uh, let them come inside of the long rocks, you know, come inside of the cutting the rocks, inside the double rig line where they're supposed to stay outside of, um, uh, you know, and I've seen this myself. I've seen these guys push these boats in there to, to get to that net. Um, and then, you know, when they got their load, they open it up, <clears throat> dead fish everywhere. That's okay. But, but you know, you, you know, me and you got to go deal with a 13-and-a-half-inch uh, fish. You know what I mean? So I, I just, you know, I, this department is not – it's not for the sport fishermen friendly right now. So hopefully with the next administration, things will change. But, at, you know, and I guess I said it, and that's the way it is. So that's the way I feel about it. But as uh, far as fishing goes, Don, we had a pretty good week around here. Um, a lot of people caught some fish this week and did really well. Um, still got plenty of fish on the outside, which I don't think you're going to be able to get to today because, we're gonna, you know, the winds are starting to blow a little bit harder. When I got here, it was two miles an hour this morning. Now it's at nine. So we have an east wind, a northeast wind this morning, east-northeast. Um, I think you're going to have to stay in some inside that Biloxi Marsh, uh, you know, or inside the Mr. Go here, or, you know, by the dam somewhere up on the eastern shoreline of Lake Bourne's been good. So if you're coming on down to Shell Beach, uh, Lake Robin's been good. So if you're coming down to Shell Beach or Hopedale area, you know, there's plenty of fish to be caught, guys. You just – just need to get out and go fishing. It's it's a pretty day, so I think it's going to be a pretty day anyway. You got a cloud in the sky. You can see all the stars. So you're coming on down and come to St. Bernard Parish. Hook the left at the bridge and come see us at Campos. We're over here waiting on you. We've got plenty of live shrimp waiting on you to get here. Ready to go. All right, Robbie, thanks Ready so much for the report and well you do for the fishermen. We appreciate it. Okay, buddy. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. All right, Robbie Campo, Campos Marina in Shell Beach. All right, we come back, going to talk a little bit more. Some of your text messages coming in, commenting on the new regulations that, well, it's kind of proposed, but 
it's pretty much a solid bet that we're going to be looking at 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size, and this is statewide on speckled trout with a 15 fish per person per day limit. What do you think? Look me straight in the radio and text me. What do you think using the Goldilocks scale? Is it too strict, not strict enough, or just right? 504-260-1870, and we'll be back with more of the Outdoor Show right after this timeout. All right, we ask you to text in your comments, your reports, your opinions, and uh, you have done that. Thank you so much for these. We're hearing from our buddy Ed over in Wilmer, Alabama. Their flounder season closes November. In Louisiana, we close October the 15th, and it will remain through the end of November. First time we've ever had that. Uh, Question asking, when do the trout regulations go into effect? Um, It depends. Uh, The comment period has to pass, and there's a legislative oversight review depending on when that's completed. I'm going to estimate sometime uh, in the spring or possibly right after the first of the year uh, the regulations, whatever they're going to be, and it looks pretty solid. It's going to be 13-and-a-half-inch minimum and 15 fish per person. Uh, That's what it looks like to me. All right, here's one that says, unfortunately, working again today. Uh, between the new license fees and the limits now on speckled trout and closed season on flounder, it looks like to me that will that will won't make a lot of fishermen throw in the towel with the price of fuel and everything. It's almost not worth it. That's just my opinion. Thanks, and uh, we appreciate all opinions. Uh, David from Mobile says at least they're doing something different, but I, I think it's not going to help as much as they hope. But only like 10 to 20 percent of recreational guys only get the daily limit. So we can only hope it will help and just be glad they're trying to do something about it. And we got this one in. I agree with the 15 fish limit, but do not like the 13 and a half inch size. Anglers will be forced to target other fish species. The next thing they will put limits on white trout. This is just the beginning. That's from the big bassin, big man bassin. Uh, here's a comment, uh, no name. It says the changes on trout are long overdue. Maybe the citizens of the state will finally come to grips with sustainable harvest as opposed to sport fishing. And here's one says, Don, I was at the LDWF meeting Thursday. I'd like to comment on the NOI and the environmental impact statement. Uh, If you could, just text me those comments. I'd appreciate it. And here's one that says, uh, Texas has limits on every species of fish that's recreational, and the guides target all have a bag limit and good size limit. The trout is only 15 inches. And as long as you know what you're doing, let's hope they made a good decision on this new limit. Uh, here's a text from an Alabama listener, five a day, and it's been that way for years and years. That's why you can go out and catch beautiful 20 to 30-inch trout just about anywhere on a bank or a boat. Uh, another one says 13 and a half inch length, 15 limit, okay with me if it's based in biology, not politics. What about curbing pogie boat abuses? But I'm glad they're doing something. All right, in response to that, um, the way this works as far as biology versus politics, the biologist's job is to say just the facts. Here's what the stock assessment is. Here's what we figure it takes, the different ways you can get to achieve replenishing the resource. And they come up with a chart. And if you haven't looked at it, go to the Wildlife and Fisheries website and find this. But here are the scenarios. You can go 12-inch size but only keep 9 fish, 12 and a half and keep 10, 13 and keep 11. 13 and a half and keep 15, which is what the commission has voted on, or 14-inch minimum and keep 25. All of those will achieve the 20% reduction in harvest. Those are the different ways the biologist says, here it is, now pick what you want. 
Then it opened up the comment. There were public hearings across the state. People emailed. There were surveys. And the commission uh, takes the input from the users, and they make the determination. First, of course, it's got to be good for the resource, and that was the biologist's job. So everybody's got their role to play. The biologists do their job. Then the commissioners do theirs based on what you, the public, tell them. And uh, uh, in the commission meeting, my name came up, and uh, Joe McPherson, the chairman, said, yeah, I want to remind me, yes, it is a democracy. We give people what they want, but it's a representative <laughs> democracy where those representatives, and there are representatives that sit on that commission, they make the decision. So you still have time to make a comment. Uh, it's possible it could be changed if they get enough response, but the uh, way I'm seeing it, it looks pretty solid, 13 and a half, 15 inch per, uh, 15 fish per day, and that will be statewide. Uh, here's the backstrap stacker checking in, a regular from Alabama. He says, you let those 12 to 13-inch fish go now, and you end up with more 20-inch fish next year. The dolphins and pelicans don't get every throwback. Sky isn't falling just because Louisiana changes regulations. He's up in the woods in Clark County enjoying some cooler weather but still waiting on rain. Yeah, a lot of places need some rain for their their food plots. All right, and with regard to the pogey boats, that's uh, been commented on. According to the science, and, and this is what the biologists say the impact from pokey bolts are, 0.06 to 0.09 bycatch by the Menhaden boats, which is virtually nothing. Um, now, what they take away in terms of bait fish, uh, big trout feed on pogies, but that's been going on for a long time, and it was going on before we had problems with speckled trout numbers. So the, the problem is they are overfished for the amount of habitat we've got now. We've, that, that has got to be changed. Habitat degradation fits into this equation, and I don't know how much of that the biologists put into their calculations about these numbers bringing these fish back, given the rate of loss, the land loss, the wetland loss, the estuary loss that we have. And then on top of that, we're getting ready to dump massive freshwater through diversions, which basically destroys the spawn, and it does do... Some good, it will rebuild some wetlands, make it fresh marsh in a saltwater environment, but it's not very good for the speckled trout spawn. In fact, if you look at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers' latest environmental impact on the mid-baritary sediment diversion, and I strongly suggest you, you read it, or at least the Cliff's Notes of it, and look at the, the stock assessment for the speckled trout, put those two things together, and I think you have a very well-formed opinion. All right, when we come back, we'll get to some more of your text messages. Keep them coming at 504-260-1870. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, lots of fishing news came out this week from Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. We've got an extended snapper season. We're going to be closing flounder season beginning October the 15th in Louisiana. And it looks like we're going to have new speckled trout regulations statewide, a 15 fish per day per person limit and they have to be 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size. Uh, 15, uh, most of the commenters were okay with that, but the 13-and-a-half does not sit well with some people. For one thing, measuring that half-inch could be problematic, and also uh, there's a lot of throwbacks, and they're concerned about the mortality rate on the speckled trout. But in order to decrease it to 13 or 12, you've got to lose fish count. The scenario looks like... 12-inch minimum, you'd keep 9, 12-and-a-half, you'd keep 10, 13-inch, 11, 
13 and a half is the 15, and to keep what we have now, 25 fish per day, you'd have to go to a 14-inch limit. Not much support for any of those. Or the slot limits, which are also a possibility uh, to reach that 20% reduction. But, uh, again, uh, people are just not really buying into the slot, the majority of people. And that's what they're trying to do is satisfy the most users. So what do you think? Is the restrictions too tight, uh, too loose? Are just right. Text me, 504-260-1870. And I'll be back to share some of those texts with you right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. All right, we have a text here that says maybe it's time to boycott the pogey products. Again, uh, I'm going to mention what the science shows, that uh, the, the, the impact to the bycatch of speckled trout by the menhaden nets is 0.06 to 0.09 of the harvest, which is virtually nothing, uh, really nothing to be concerned. Now, redfish, I think, in, and other fish, a different story. Uh, speckled trout, I think the worst um, impact would be to remove some of their food source, but Pokey fishing's been going on for a lot of years when we did not have speckled trout problem. The problem is we're overfishing speckled trout given the reduced habitat we've got. When we had so much habitat, there were so many more fish, we could stand to catch more, keep more. But now with the loss of our, our wetlands, our estuaries, we're becoming more like the other states in the Gulf Coast, which basically have sand, beaches, and salt water. They've got speckled trout. Some of them have big speckled trout, but they have much lower limits. All right, here's someone that says uh, it's not quite enough, but it's a good start. Uh, we're hearing from Justin in our Gentilly Wildlife Refugee. He says, I'm sorry Rummel was shut out by John. <laughs> yeah, you had to bring that up. Boy, I don't know what's going on with those Raiders this year, having a tough season. But he says also, is there an update on who dumped all those dead fish in the water? What a waste. I'm glad you brought that up, Justin, because at the commission meeting, uh, another notice of intent was filed, and that was to bro- prohibit abandoning nets. I believe when the agents went out to investigate that, and Omega Protein has admitted responsibility for cutting the net, uh, I don't know that there was anything solid they could charge them with with regard to laws. So they're trying to create some penalties. And what they decided to do was institute a regulation that would prohibit, number one, the abandoning of nets. If they have to abandon a net for whatever reason, they have to notify the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries in two hours, and they would be subject to fines, restitution, and possibly littering. Uh, There was quite an argumentative conversation went between one of the commissioners, DeCure, and the representative from Omega Protein, uh, he said it was he, he didn't appreciate the offensive line of questioning. He was asking for a standard fine when the department was trying to say, well, it depends on what the inventory of the loss is. Anyway, I think we have some regulations now where if this happens again, uh, there will be uh, some regulations and some citations that can be written and enforced. But uh, his explanation was the captain said there were too many fish in the net. He was no way he was going to be able to, to pull them in, so he cut the net to try to free as many fish as he could. Unfortunately, if you saw the pictures, there were an awful lot of dead fish in that net. All right, uh, CJ in Laplace uh, says, if this new size limit passes, when would it take effect? I'm thinking after the first of the year, possibly spring, depending on when it passes legislative oversight and the uh, comment period. Uh, Jeff and Morpa, he says, I absolutely support it. I never keep over 10 trout because that's all I need. 
I fish to enjoy the beautiful Louisiana marsh. Uh, like no place on earth and will never stop going no matter what. Thank you. And uh, CJ wanted to know about the closed season on flounder. When did it go in effect? It does not go in effect until next Saturday, one week from today. October 15th, no recreational or commercial bycatch of flounder all the way through the end of November to allow for the spawn. Here's one says from this is from uh, the old dog with BCKFC. So why not change it to 15, analyze the impact, then change the size if necessary? That is planned. There will be a monitoring program going on during the next 10 years. And if, in fact, they find that it has rebounded sufficiently, they might alter it and either reduce this, the minimum size or increase the bag limit. But then again, uh, negative impacts, uh, freshwater diversion possibly, high river stages, poor spawns, they might even need to reassess it and go the other way and make it even tighter. All right, I got a lot more of these texts, and we'll get to as many as we can, but right now we've got to take a time out. We come back and we'll talk to Daryl Carpenter. Another very serious issue has arisen. A lot of you know about the 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 private waters being put off limits to fishermen. A lot of times uh, they're not even known and no longer necessary to post it. Uh, one fisherman got a trespassing citation. It was thrown out by a court of appeals, and now it's being uh, taken to the Supreme Court and the Fisherman in question, Rodney Wagley, needs some financial assistance to fight it in court. We'll tell you how you can help right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we're joined now by Captain Daryl Carpenter of RealScreamers.com. He's also a member of the Louisiana Sportsman's Coalition. And, Daryl, we've got a lot to talk about this morning. I want to get your comments on the new trout limits because you make your, basically make your living doing that. But before we get into that, uh, Rodney Wagley case that has been going on in uh, Terrebonne Parish. Tell us what that's all about, what the significance <coughs> is for the average fisherman, and how they can get involved if they choose to do that. So basically what happened is last year, Rodney Wagley was accessed some areas to fish in Terrebonne Parish off of the Intercoastal Waterway. Uh, He was fishing a pond, a canal, just off of the Intercoastal Waterway. I'm not really familiar with the area. Uh, Rodney was approached, as many of us have been, by an individual who claimed that Rodney was trespassing. Um, it was on the supposedly land owned by Continental Land and Fur. Um, the gentleman interrupted his fishing trip, took pictures, you know, photographed him and so forth. And then just, you know, just said, Hey, look, you're going to get a visit by the sheriff. And, um, sure enough, a few days later, Terrebonne Parish Sheriff's Office calls Rodney and, you know, he's not running from anything. He goes to Homa and. They arrest him. They write him a summons for trespassing, floating on water. Um, Rodney, being the man that he is, vowed that, hey, look, you can't own the water. I never got on your land, this type of stuff. Uh, He vowed to fight it. He went to court in Terrebonne Parish. Um, Senator Eddie Lambert, who's a staunch ally in this, happens to also be an attorney by trade. Uh, Senator Lambert heard about what was going on. He's very active in the bass fishing world. And so uh, Senator Lambert agreed to represent Rodney as his attorney. Um, They go to court in Terrebonne Parish, and Rodney gets found, almost apologetically gets found guilty on a a bench trial. Uh, What that's expected, I mean, we're dealing with small-town parish politics. 
And so we kind of expected that guilty plea or that guilty verdict. Um, Rodney and his legal team immediately turned around and appealed it to the United, or to the Louisiana First Circuit Court of Appeals. The First Circuit Court of Appeals took the case. Now, it takes a little bit of evaluation here, Don, because the First Circuit Court of Appeal was very vague. They issued a summary opinion. But we have to look at what trespass entails. Trespass means you were somewhere that, that somewhere belonged to somebody else, and they put charges for you being there because they didn't want you there. So at Rodney's trial, he admitted he was where he was accused of being. Continental Land and Fur claimed they owned it. They owned all the property in the area. That was not disputed. They probably did. They claimed they owned it since the 30s. Well, the First Circuit Court of Appeals issued what they call a summary opinion, which is consisted of about two sentences. And it basically said the elements of trespass were not met during this trial. They threw a conviction out. The only element of trespass that wasn't met had to be, if you decipher it, had to be that Rodney was floating on that water and you can't trespass on floating water. They agreed with Article 450 of the state civil code that said that floating, that, that running water belongs to the people of the, of the state. So the conviction was thrown out. Now, the Terrebonne Parish DA has two choices at that time. He can say, okay, look, we lost, you know, the, the Court of Appeals threw it out. Or he appeals it to the uh, Louisiana Supreme Court. And that's what he did. He turned around and appealed it to the Louisiana Supreme Court. And that's where we're sitting right now. Um, Rodney's legal team is answering the appeal. It's a whole lot of legal expense. There's a whole lot of filing, paperwork coming out to Wazoo, that type of stuff. So everything comes with time and expense. So what we're doing, or what what I'm doing, um, is we started a little bit of a fundraiser for Rodney to help him with his legal expenses. And to... Um, any, any leftover funds from his legal expenses will be donated to the Sportsman's Coalition and continue to fight both legally and, and at the Capitol. Um, we're raffling off a rifle. Uh, now, if you've bought guns lately, you know you can't always get your hands on a gun these days. It's like everything else, a supply chain problem. Um, they had in stock a, a what we thought was a good all-around rifle, a little 17 HMR. Uh, makes a perfect Christmas gift. Everybody's got a son, a nephew, or somebody that, that needs his first gun. That's a great gun. It's a great barman gun. Um, we're raffling it off both electronically and paper. We have paper tickets available throughout the, the lower part of the state. We've also created a little website. It's freewagley.com where you can purchase tickets electronically. Um, just like I said, to help, I mean, this will break a, a normal man. I mean, the multiple court appearances, the having to miss work, the, the legal expenses. And Rodney, in our opinion, is not only standing up for Rodney, he's standing up for every fisherman that ever floated a boat in the coastal waters of Louisiana. So we're trying to do what we can to help support him in this and help, you know, kind of help cover some of his legal expenses. Yeah, this is a huge problem uh, in many places in Louisiana. It's all it's it's already cost us tournaments that do not want to come here because of the confusion. They don't want their contestants to get into problems. Uh, people are being run off from uh, what 
in other states would certainly be wide open uh, on water. They don't get out on the land. And this could be a landmark case that could set some precedent. So it's very important, and I encourage people to check it out. Darrell, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, uh, I want to get your fishing report and also get your comments on what Wildlife and Fisheries did Thursday at the commission meeting, uh, filing a notice of intent to institute a statewide 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size with 15 speckled trout. We'll be right back after this. All right, back with Daryl Carpenter. Daryl, before we move on, getting back to the Rodney Wagley case, I got some people wanting to know about that website. I also got someone with a hashtag. Uh, in order to participate in the raffle and buy some tickets to win a gun and also contribute to his uh, defense fund, if you would spell that out for us, the freewagley.com. It's freewagley.com. That's F-R-E-E, Wagley, W-A-G-L-E-Y.com. And, Don, if I may, look, if, if they don't want the 17, let's say it's a material thing, the gun shop owner has agreed he'll credit he'll credit the value of the 17 toward any other gun that they want to buy in, in support of this. Oh, okay. Well, they can either donate it back either way. Great. Well, Darrell, uh, we had a lot of action went on at the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting, a lot of testimony given by uh, the public and some official organizations, representatives. Uh, what they came away with, the notice of intent, 13.5 inches is the minimum size, 15 fish per person per day. That's supposed to generate a 20% reduction in the catch, which if over a period of 10 years, at some point during that period, uh, we will reach a safe uh, spawning potential ratio, which means uh, the resource can stand to give up that many fish and still stay in existence. What is your thoughts as, as a Grand Isle area fisherman? A lot of people brought up the fact that that central part of the state where you operate, uh, fish are smaller, and that may be a little tough on a 13-and-a-half-inch. Well, Don, it's it's not just... It's not just that the fish are smaller, but it's, you know, and, and the, the competing science. I mean, we've uncovered just in the last just in the last week or so, I guess, because we really put our nose to the grindstone, we've uncovered prior documents by, you know, folks like Gerald Horse, LSU Sea Grant, um, you know, and, and it, contains, it contains department information that, you know, they're – up to now, their entire opinion has been we, we're at 12 inches because anything larger is going to hurt the population um, because of the breeding ground that we have. You know, I, I saw some of your social media stuff, and i got to agree with you. You know, Mississippi, Alabama, when you start getting further east, Alabama, Florida, and then over to our west, Texas, it's completely different estuaries. We breed their fish, and then they go over there and grow up. Um, I am... I am definitely afraid that the 13 and a half, at least for the first two years until the stock tries to grow into that, is going to be very detrimental to the Barataria Basin speckled trout population. Uh, like I said last week, between April and May, you know, April or May and all the way into September, darn near every trout you throw back is getting eaten by a porpoise. Anyhow, this is just going to, this is going to increase our dead discards. And I mean, you're going to be shooting yourself shooting yourself in the foot or the forehead one, I just don't see where the 13 and a half is going to do the Barataria Basin any good, at least for the first two to three years. You know, Dal, uh, Joe Macaluso uh, was at the commission meeting, and he brought up a very good point that uh, it's going to be incumbent upon the fishermen now to take better care of those released fish. Uh, you know, maybe go to barbless hooks, uh, which makes it easier to release with less damage. 
Uh, stop using the towels that take the slime off. You know, wet your hands before you touch the fish. Treat them gently when you re- release them to, to try to, you know, keep them alive as long as they possibly can. Uh, if you get into an area where dolphins move in, move away because you're right. They will, every fish you throw in, they're going to grab. Pelicans the same way. And the other thing is if you get into a school and they're all under 13 and a half inches, there's no sense wearing them out and catching them and releasing them and increasing mortality. Move. Try to find some bigger fish. I think it's going to be some things that the fishermen can do to help increase the or decrease the mortality rate on those released fish. And, and, and Don, you know, Grand Isle, we've, we've known, I mean, for eons, Grand Isle has been a tourist sort of destination. And for the guy that's waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning and listening to Don Dubuque, that's something that you can educate on. But for at least 50% of the anglers that we get, the guys that went out because of COVID-19 and bought a boat, that is such a huge education effort. I don't know that you'll ever reach that person. And that's where a lot of us, just like you just said, us as guides, we don't want to just sit there and catch and release 11-inch fish all day. We're going to move. The, the guy who bought the COVID-19 boat, who uses it three, four times a year, He'll sit on those 11-inch fish simply because he doesn't know any better. He hasn't been educated, and he didn't put in the time, and that's part of what bothers me. Well, that's also up to Department of Wildlife and Fisheries to do. Unfortunately, we don't have nearly as many outdoor communicators that we once had. There's very few newspaper columnists and uh, very few radio shows and TV shows that do any educational information. Darrell, always enjoy talking with you, my friend. Thanks for all the info. We'll see you next week. Hey, freewaggly.com, and y'all have a wonderful day.